Thanks for joining us on this June 26th of 2022 at the First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren's sermon topic today is Single-Minded Pursuit. Our liturgist today is also Reverend Jonathan Warren. The special music is a saxophone solo performed by Jenny Smith, titled El Garo. Our scripture reading comes to us from 1 Kings 19, 5 and 6, and 19 through 21. Our gospel reading is from Luke 9, 51 through 62. We pray that you have an awesome upcoming week and 4th of July weekend. And we pray that there is peace and good health and safety in your family this coming week. God bless to you and your loved ones. Our first scripture reading comes from 1 Kings chapter 19. Let us listen to the word of God. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. So he set out from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing. There were twelve yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle over him. He left the oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, Let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, Go back again for what I have done to you. He returned from following him, took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, using the equipment from the oxen. He boiled their flesh and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel lesson comes to us from Luke chapter 9, beginning with the 51st verse. Let us listen to the word of God. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. And on their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned them and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but as, you, as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At the turning point of C.S. Lewis's beloved The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, several significant characters encourage each other with reports that Aslan, the great lion and true ruler of oppressed Narnia, has reappeared to fight the evil witch. And their words of encouragement to each other are as potent as they are succinct. Aslan is on the move. And similarly, we discover in today's scripture reading that just like Aslan, Jesus is on the move. It's only been a few days since Jesus was with Moses and Elijah on the mountain. It's as if his transfiguration was like a trumpet going off, and suddenly things have gotten serious, real serious. And now things are moving. He's acutely aware of his mission, and now nothing is going to get in his way. Now, when nobody wants to receive his message in a village of Samaritans, he's on his way to another village. For those on the fence considering discipleship, he doesn't mince words. Like when someone says, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus replies, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus basically is saying that this is no vacation because I'm on the move. Jesus asks someone else to follow him. The person replies, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. I don't think he knew what he was saying. Jesus lays out the fireworks, and Jesus says he's not looking for disciples who are ready to go with the culture. He wants folks who are countercultural. Jesus does a mic drop when he says, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And then another, hearkening uh, the prophet Elisha's request from his teacher, after he says that he'll follow him, Jesus won't have it and says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
don't know about you, but it seems like Jesus is displaying an unwavering stubbornness. He's uncompromising. It almost seems a bit indignant. While Jesus is certainly on the move, nothing is going to get in his way. How many people here have seen the latest Top Gun movie? Just, I'm curious. How many of you have seen the first Top Gun movie? Oh yeah, we've got some Top Gun fans. So I went to see Top Gun Maverick, not just once, but twice in the movie theater. And I have to admit, at first, I wasn't very convinced. But then, it was quite a ride. Big screen is definitely worth it. You don't just get to see the jets, but you get to feel them. Now, don't worry. I'm going to be very careful not to share any major spoilers. If you remember in this movie, not just this one, but also the first one, Top Gun is an elite 1% of all fighter pilots in the Navy. And they expect near perfection, not just in academics, but in drills. This time, they're getting ready for an impossible mission. But this time, they need Maverick, Tom Cruise, to teach the young pilots how to survive this new impossible mission. And so they're flying real jets in some drills with fake firepower. So it's as close to the real thing as possible. And when, we're the, when they're going through these impossible drills, none of the students make it without dying. They do this again and again and again, and they keep dying again and again and again through these drills. They just can't make it. They, of course, uh, are asked at this point by Maverick why they or their co-pilot died. I mean, fake died, right? Why they let their wingman die. And they give him an excuse that, like, it's impossible, Maverick, and there's no way to pull off this mission. Like, you've given us things that people cannot do. And then Maverick asks, now what do we tell your co-pilot's parents why they're dead? And that's when it gets serious. There's no room or good excuses when someone's life is on the line, and, and none of the students, these pilots, have any excuse that's a, that, that, that explains why this could happen. And because of this, they know that they're on such a difficult mission that they may not return. Just like Jesus, they've got to stay focused and driven, driven, unwavering in preparation, not just for their own lives, but also for their co-pilots. Now, I get it in Top Gun. But is Jesus' call really comparative to impossible Top Gun missions? I mean, how does Jesus expect discipleship like that? How can Jesus really expect disciples who give up everything without looking back, without saying goodbye? Now, this mission might be important. But is it really life and death? Now, the real truth of the matter is, I don't think this passage is primarily about discipleship, because as much as Jesus wants dedicated disciples, we discover in Luke's gospel that the apostles rarely understand Jesus. 
They quarrel about greatness right after he tells them about the cross. Disciples fall asleep in the garden when he needs them the most. His disciples betray and desert him. So if he's looking for perfection from his disciples, top gun quality disciples, I think it's never going to happen. Certainly needs people to know that they're, what they're signing up for. And Jesus is not afraid of truth-telling, that his mission is extreme, that it's more compelling than Elijah, that he won't be drawn away from his purpose or destiny, that it's countercultural, that nobody is exempt from rebuking, even his own disciples. I think the real emphasis is more in line with the larger narrative set in Luke. As one scholar says, Jesus' commitment is to embrace the cross for the sake of the world. It is a single-mindedness of purpose that is prompted by God's profound love for humanity and all the world. Gospel writer Luke has written a two-part series, the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of Apostles. So those are both written by Luke. And sometimes it's hard to remember this because they're not right after the other. At the beginning of the Gospel, Luke traces Jesus' lineage, not just back to David or Abraham, but all the way back to Adam, to all of humanity. And by the end of Acts, Luke extends God's love and forgiveness beyond Jerusalem, a single nation, to Rome, to all the Gentiles, thereby the whole world. So he extends it from one person, the beginning of humanity, and opens it up to the whole world that they might know God's love and forgiveness. And the flip side of Jesus' unwavering stubbornness, uncompromising and indignant traits that he shares, if you flip them, they're committed, resolute, persistent, and purposeful. And since Jesus' single-minded purpose, pursuit is God's all-encompassing love and forgiveness, not just for his disciples, but for all of humanity, Jesus is saying it like it is. He's sharing truth in advertising approach with his disciples, and it might sound like it's uncompromising, but he's saying this, I'm committed, I'm resolute, I'm persistent and purposeful in making God's radical love and countercultural forgiveness available for everyone. So that's what you're signing up for, because that's what I'm focused on. Now let's get back to the movie, the, the Top Gun movie. Okay, this is my favorite part. It's classic Maverick, he gets booted from the program. You've seen this, we've all seen this before, right? And he likes to push those limits. So it's not surprising that he gets booted, right? But the Navy quickly assigns a new instructor to take his place, someone a bit steadier, a bit more stable, a lot less risky. And right off the bat, the new instructor changes the parameters to be a bit more achievable. And you'd think this would be a welcome change, making the mission a little less impossible, right? But somehow, the Top Gun students aren't buying it. As hard as the other training was, it's 
Many times as they got killed in their drills, they preferred it. They knew Maverick was a truth teller and that his uncompromising stubbornness, while hard, it was meant to keep them all alive. They all knew that this mission, they might not come back. And they didn't want somebody to water down the training and then not to make it home in the real-life scenario. We discover that Jesus' relentless, uncompromising, unwavering, single-minded pursuit is for all to receive God's love and forgiveness. And that God's love and forgiveness is worth risking everything. And it becomes especially important on a day like today when we witness Elsie Lynn's baptism. We welcome a child into God's family. Elsie can't do anything to earn God's love and grace. She's just a baby. She can't give food to help the hungry. She can't help a widow at this age. She can only receive God's love and grace that's given to her. God welcomes her with open arms into this family, providing love and forgiveness for being who she is, a child of God. And it's all because Jesus had a single-minded pursuit in making God's radical love and countercultural forgiveness available for all. So as hard as it might be to follow, We know what it, what's involved. We discover that it's worth it. The end, giving up everything else to gain love and forgiveness. It's worth it for you, and, and, and it's worth it for you. It's worth it for you and you. And it's worth it for all these folks out here. It's worth it for Everyone. While it might not be easy, Christ's mission is worth it. So we're glad Jesus is on the move here. And praise be to Christ's single minded pursuit of sharing God's radical love and countercultural forgiveness for everyone. Just as those waters poured over Elsie Lynn. And each of us, God's love and forgiveness flows through each one of us, not just here, but for everyone. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, Please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. 
Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.